New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey, New Vision, this is Ben Curtis. Thanks for joining us today as we continue our podcast series, Never Lost, A Journey to Victory. Today's reading is found in John 21, verses 1 through 19. This is from the New International Version. Afterward, Jesus appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say it, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus had asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Well, after Jesus' death and resurrection, there was this 40-day period where he walked and talked with his followers before ascending back into heaven to the Father's right hand. And, you know, out of all the things Jesus must have said and all the things that happened, the question I have is, why did John choose this encounter? 
He only picked four other stories, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't include this one in their accounts. So why did he pick this story? Why did he choose to tell about this encounter with Jesus? This is not just a good fishing story. I think there are some lessons here that John wants us uh, to, to know. He wants to communicate to us. So it's early in the morning. It's, it's probably a little bit foggy, and the disciples have been fishing all night. They're about 100 yards from the shore. There's an individual standing on the shore, but they're not able to make out who this individual is. And I love the question Jesus asked them. Friends, haven't you any fish? He knows the answer. And, and for every professional fisherman, that would have been a tough pill to swallow. I mean, it's almost like he's saying, you haven't caught anything, have you? It would, it would be interesting to know what was going on through their, their minds at that point. Like, were they angry? Like, who do you think you are? Or, or maybe they thought, well, this guy saw a school of fish jumping around from the shore. Either way, they, they throw their net to the right side, and sure enough, they have this huge catch of fish, 153. John's very exact in the number they caught. And at that moment, something clicked in the Apostle John's mind. Verse 7 says, Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. Maybe he had a flashback to the time when Jesus had first called them because they were out on a boat fishing uh, that night, and they didn't do well then either. Or maybe he just suddenly began to put the pieces of the puzzle together. But the important thing to note is that John recognized the presence of Jesus in the blessing of the moment. After this great catch of fish, he thinks it must be Jesus. The tomb must be empty. Jesus must be alive. And here's the lesson that I think John wants us to see here. Don't miss Jesus in the blessings of life. If you have children and you tuck them in at night, don't miss Jesus in the blessings of your children. If you're married and you kiss your wife or you kiss your husband goodnight, don't miss that good gift of Jesus. Don't let the daily grind, you know, we get into this daily grind of life and it seems to just dull our senses sometimes to the work of Jesus all around us. Don't let that happen. If you're single and you're out with a group of friends, don't miss out on the blessings of Jesus and the people that he's put around you, that he's put in your life. When you go to your small group and you look around and you think, man, I tell you what, these are some really great people here. Don't forget that Jesus was the one who brought all of you together and put you among them. Don't miss Jesus in the blessings of life. When John says to Peter, it is the Lord, notice what Peter does. I would say it's unbelievable, but if you know much about Peter, it's not that unbelievable. When Peter heard that it was Jesus, it says he threw himself into the water. And, and here's the lesson I think John wants us to see from this. Don't lose your passionate love for Jesus. Uh, it's so easy for that to happen. But whatever it means for you to jump into the water 100 yards from the shore and make your way to Jesus, whatever that looks like for you, do it. Our spiritual lives, I don't know about yours, but mine can just be so plain and uh, so ho-hum and calculating and predictable. And you wonder sometimes if, if Jesus were here physically, what would our response be like? Well, he is here spiritually, and there's little difference between his physical presence and his spiritual presence if we truly believe that he's alive. So throw it to the wind sometimes. Just allow your, your zeal and your passion and your love for Jesus to cause you to jump into the water and make your way to him. Go hard after Jesus. And the third thing that I think John wants us to see from this story is that if you want to be like Jesus, you must become a servant. 
Jesus is a beautiful picture of what it means to be a leader. Not long before this, Jesus had washed the feet of his disciples, and now we see him preparing them breakfast. We live in a world where leadership, I think, is very distorted. We, we've kind of bought into this secular mindset, and but what we see in the Bible, what we see in Jesus is completely different. If you want to be a leader in your home, that means you're in the front. You know, you're 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 taking the bullets. The leader is the one who's on his face crying out to God for grace on behalf of his family. The leader is the one who's nurturing and caring and shepherding others in his household. If you want to be a leader, John says start serving. Be like Jesus and just start where you're at. Start in your home. Become a servant at your workplace and in your church. Servant leadership looks like Jesus, not some of the people that we see on TV or on the covers of books. Leadership looks like Jesus. And, and then that leads to the fourth thing. Realize that whoever you are and wherever you go, you are called to be fishers of men. The disciples, they fished all night and caught nothing. But the moment they began to listen to the voice of Jesus, notice they caught more fish than they could have ever imagined. John included this story because he wants us to be a people who are on mission. John wants us to take the gospel to the whole world. And John is writing under the inspiration of the Spirit of Jesus. So that means what John wants for us in this passage, that's also what Jesus wants for us. So whether it's a neighbor or a co-worker or a family member or a friend or the person who checks us out at the grocery store, Jesus wants us to be on this Spirit-empowered mission with Him. And wherever He is, there will be blessings. And that leads to the final thing. Jesus calls us to be willing to suffer and die for him. In those final verses, Jesus is predicting Peter's death. Peter's going to die in Rome in the mid-60s. In fact, around AD 96, a very important church leader named Clement of Rome said that Peter was martyred there. And in 212 AD, a man by the name of Tertullian said that Peter was crucified, actually, in Rome. The very first great church historian, Eusebius, early in the 4th century, said that Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't really feel worthy to be crucified in the same way that his Savior had been crucified. We don't really know the accuracy of, of that tradition, but what we do know is that Jesus is prophesying that Peter would die, and he would die by crucifixion. And here's my takeaway there. Jesus knows my future, even though I don't know my future. As the circumstances and the events of my life continue to unfold, Jesus is not taken by surprise. 35 years before Peter was nailed to a cross, Jesus knew what would happen, and he knows what's happening to you. He wasn't caught off guard. He knows. And what he says to each one of us is, follow me. Follow me. No matter where life takes you, follow me. No matter what happens, follow me. Keep following me even if that path leads to a cross. And I'll tell you this, when we say yes to Jesus, when we say yes to his question, we're in a place where Jesus can use us for his glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.